This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. Today is Friday, April 2nd, and it's time for the weekend forecast. Spring so far has been cooler than normal, and I'm afraid there is no major warm-up ahead. Here in Seattle, temperatures normally rise to 56, 57 this time of the year, and most of the week ahead, unfortunately, will not get that high. Today will bring decent weather, high around 57 degrees in Seattle with partly cloudy skies. Uh, Saturday will be similar, but a bit warmer, getting up into the upper 50s, but there'll be a veil of high to middle clouds filling the sky. Saturday night and Sunday morning will bring a weak Pacific front with precipitation and cooler air behind. So expect some intermittent showers on Sunday and the potential for a convergence zone with precipitation in the central Puget Sound and certainly some precipitation in the mountains. Monday and Tuesday will be dry but cooler than normal with temperatures rising to the mid-50s around Puget Sound. Looking at the latest extended forecast by the European Center for Media Range Weather Forecasts, that's the best in the world, um, those forecasts are predicting a cooler than normal month ahead, maintaining the typical La Nina pattern of persistent cool northerlies dominating the region. Now, if you are interested in warmth, there is some place you can go, head east. Temperatures in eastern Washington will rise into the 70s today and Saturday, and will be in the 60s for much of the week. The sun is getting much stronger now, and eastern Washington, isolated from the cool Pacific by the substantial Cascades, will warm up rapidly in April. That's what happens typically, and it will happen this year. Finally, let me note that I will be doing a special Zoom session for my Patreon supporters tomorrow, Saturday, at 10 10 o'clock. So if you are one of the Patreon supporters, please uh, join me and ask your questions and I'll talk about some additional material. Take care. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. This is Cliff Mass, and in today's podcast, I will talk about contrails, short for condensation trails the thin cloud lines that we often see in the sky following aircraft. I'll answer some basic questions. Why do contrails exist? What's the physics of of these contrails? And do they influence the temperature of the surface? Well, let's start with the first question. You know, why do they occur? Most contrails you see are made of ice crystals, and they follow jet aircraft flying between roughly 20,000 and 35,000 feet. Now, jet aircraft burn aviation fuel, and the combustion that provides the thrust in these engines results in an emission injection of CO2, carbon dioxide, water vapor, and a range of particles and trace gases into the atmosphere. Now, jets that fly high in the troposphere or lower atmosphere at those elevations are flying at air or in air that is very cold, generally between 
minus 40 and minus 70 degrees Fahrenheit. It's cold out there. Now, the amount of water vapor that air can hold depends on temperature, with warm air having the ability to hold much more water vapor. Thus, thus the very cold air at jet flight levels cannot hold much water vapor. So the water vapor that is emitted by the jet engines is injected into an atmosphere that cannot hold it. And so the water immediately condenses out into little water droplets. Now, this condensation from water vapor to liquid water is aided by the small particles emitted by the engines that act as sites for condensation. We call these condensation nuclei. Now, since the air is cold at jet flight, flight levels, way, way below freezing, eventually, or very quickly, the water droplets freeze into ice crystals, producing lines of little ice crystal clouds behind each engine that become the contrails that we see. Now, over time, these contrails tend to spread out and thin out. And if there's enough of them, they can cover the sky. Now, most contrails form in the way I just described, high in the troposphere where it's very cold, produced by jet engines. But there's another way that, it's, that it is possible to get a contrail in the lower atmosphere. If you're in the lower atmosphere in a situation where the air is moist, having a lot of water vapor, as the air passes over and around the wing of the aircraft, it can experience reduced pressure. Actually, pressure actually decreases as you go around an object. And this reduced pressure can cause the air to expand. And when the air expands, it cools, resulting in condensation and the development of a cloud. What looks like a cloud? It is a cloud over, near, and downwind of the wing or the edge of the wings. Now, this is not so frequent, but I think almost anybody who flies has seen this. You can see these clouds uh, trailing the aircraft at lower elevations, but they are they're not as frequent and they don't last as long. Now, contrails often uh, form in a sky where clouds exist already, where there's a lot of thin cirrostratus clouds. These are high level clouds made of ice crystals. Now, when you see these kind of cirrostratus clouds, uh, they tell you that the air is rising. And that rising air uh, becomes saturated, or the air is, is at saturation or near saturation. That's 100% relative humidity. And so, if you have an atmosphere that's already saturated, the addition of more water vapor from the aircraft engines is particularly effective in producing more clouds and therefore contrails. So you'll often see contrails in a sky that's already a little bit milky from the cirrostratus clouds. Now, contrails can fill the sky. You can get a number of them occurring at the same time, giving the sky this milky look from the ground or from space. Now, the extensive nature of the contrails is often very obvious in satellite imagery. You can really see it. And and we, we had a dramatic example of how the sky changes when all the aircraft were, are removed during 9-11. You remember 9-11? Uh, that's when the terrorists hijacked four U.S. aircraft. All the flights in the United States were grounded for days. And so there were no contrails. And during the days after 9-11, 
the sky cleared dramatically. It was obvious from the surface, and it was obvious from satellite pictures. Now, a question you might ask is, do contrails have climatic implications? Can they change the climate? And the answer is yes. Now, on one hand, these ice crystal clouds of the contrails tend to reflect solar radiation back to space. And that tends to cause cooling, right? If you're sending some of the solar radiation back to space, that produces cooling of the atmosphere below. On the other hand, uh, these ice crystal clouds can absorb and emit infrared radiation, longer wavelengths, which can help warm the surface since some of the infrared radiation from the clouds is emitted downward to the surface. So there's a warming effect as well. Now, there's been, <clears throat> excuse me, careful calculations and measurements that suggest that the warming wins. And thus, contrails tend to warm the planet, pushing in the same direction of warming as greenhouse gases like CO2, carbon dioxide. Now, here's a, a little more sensitive portion of, of this podcast. There are some people who don't believe in the scientific explanation I j just gave you, but they believe that the lines in the sky, what we call contrails, are actually chemtrails that are produced by a secret government program to inject chemicals in the atmosphere for weather control and other diabolical reasons. Needless to say, such chemtrail claims are without any scientific basis, but they are very popular among some groups. Uh, I should note that contrails can be quite beautiful during sunset and sunrise, often being illuminated by the red light of dawn and dusk. And as a meteorologist, I enjoy following the contrails because they give you an idea of the winds aloft by noting the, the movements and distortion of the contrails over time. I hope you enjoy learning about contrails, and I'll talk to you more next week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.